0: Good morning, this is Dorinda Trick, and I am so ready to speak with you again uh, here today. Um, Welcome, welcome, welcome to Nurtured to Love. Why you'll never know your true identity until you get to know your own spirit. Hey everybody, it's been about a month. My rhythm has gotten a little slower. Uh, My aim is to pick that uh, rhythm up, that pace up a bit, and do these more often. But I am here today, and I want to share some new insights with you. So strap in, buckle in, get in your saddle, and get ready to uh, receive from the Lord today. Today's episode is entitled, The Greatest Nurturer of All. I've started teaching live classes again here in Northport, Alabama. And the name of the class I teach on Tuesday nights is called, Nurturing Your Spirit, and if you have listened to some previous uh, episodes, you've heard me uh, teach content from the book that we're in now called "In Spirit and Truth." And it's about uh, understanding really how you have been made in a very divine and very strategic way by God. And uh, you know, so what? what so why, what's it important about that? What makes that such a big deal? God is truly intensely passionate about the primacy of your own spirit. Um, it was the way we were intended to walk from the beginning. It was the way uh, Eve and uh, Adam walked with the Lord, um, transparent, um, unashamed, um, absolutely at peace and in, in, at comfort, at peace with, uh, in comfort really in their relationship with Him, not intimidated by Father God, not um, uh feeling inferior when he uh, gave them directions, particularly Adam, of course, to name the animals, things like that. They walked in dominion with God. That can sound a little highbrow, right? Dominion. But dominion is really a very simple concept in the Kingdom of God. It simply refers to partnering with God to do His will in His time. And that's a great segue. because I am this year 24 years old in the Lord. I am a late bloomer, oh yes. Didn't come to the Lord until I was 38. Uh, By God's grace, I was married at the time and still am to the same guy. Um, And we were both late bloomers. He's about 12 years older than I, so when we came to the Lord, I was 38 and he was 50, so yeah. And we were water baptized together and we have walked our journey out with the Lord. Of course, we're different, and we're designed differently in our spirits, and that's a whole nother subject for another episode. But, but because of our covenant with one another, and then the covenant that we entered into when we accepted salvation in Jesus Christ, God has really poured out a lot of grace for us. And so, um, about let me think. It was 2005, so I was about seven years old in the Lord when I uh, received a second baptism. So let me just hit the pause button there for a minute and um, kind of go back here just a little bit to set this up uh, a little more precisely. Um, This week we did look at the topic of what makes your spirit different from your soul and that is a very important Uh, topic. It's a very important uh, thing to understand. There's a number of elements uh, to the uh, human spirit that make uh, the case for God's uh, divine uh, will to be in His divine order to be headed up by your spirit, not the least of which is that your spirit This is the only part of you. You're made spirit, soul, and body, but your spirit alone carries a portion of God's light. And as I've come to understand, and I'm not the first to understand it, but I I pray you will receive this for yourself, your spirit is the part of you that God uh, has designed in such a way that you can carry the weight of the purpose, the divine purpose or call that He has given you for being. See, we're not just made to, uh, you know, grow up, learn some things, meet someone, marry, have children, a career, a home, uh, hobbies, even a church life. We are made to partner with God to release redeeming life into the world, and we do that primarily through our spiritual relationship with with the Lord because it is in that spiritual identity He gives us. Go to Romans 12, 6 through 8. There's seven identities in God. And of course, we made in His image possess all seven, but we tend to have uh, a design that is our primary bent. And through that design, through the anointing that God um pours out through us, through the design, our spiritual design, a redemptive power is released. And so that's going to be something, again, I'd talk about at another time with you. But I was speaking on the subject of the human spirit, what makes it different from your human soul just this past week. When I felt like I needed to really say a little bit more about my personal walk and about where this whole nurturing your spirit thing is, Came or intersected with my walk, uh, my personal relationship with the Lord, um, you know, in my life. So many people over the years have said to me, Dorinda, you you seem to walk with such a power in the Lord. You pray with such a power and authority, and I've been very blessed to receive that from the Lord. And the way I did was that I chose to be baptized a second time after the initial baptism of salvation. It it happened again about seven years into my walk. I chose to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so this came long before I actually knew anything about my own spirit or the power of nurturing my spirit. It was long before I ever wrote a word or taught a class on this subject. I was hungering for more and God knew that. He brought ministers into my life to lead me to accept this second baptism. Unlike the first baptism of salvation when Holy Spirit comes in us, the baptism of the Spirit is when Holy Spirit comes on us for extraordinary power ministry. When we are saved, when we come into eternal life initially, Holy Spirit is the one who does the baptizing. He baptizes us in the body of Christ, in Jesus Christ. But when we get baptized a second time, Jesus Christ does the baptizing and He baptizes us in His own Spirit, Holy Spirit. It is a baptism of fire because one of the most important elements of the second baptism is the power for life-giving ministry and it was what the disciples waited in the upper room for on the day of pentecost the lord told them to wait because he knew that they needed the second baptism in order to do what he had commanded them to do which is to go out into the world and to make disciples so again as i just said a few minutes ago over the years people have remarked about the power i walk in and i've given the credit to the lord of course but i really felt this past week in my class and now On this uh, broadcast today that it's time the Lord is saying it's time I heard him whisper a couple of times to me this week it's time it's time Dorinda to come out in the open with what's happened in your life so before I knew anything about the human spirit or the power of nurturing nurturing my spirit I chose to be baptized a second time I didn't have to get wet again I simply opened my heart up to allow Holy Spirit to fall on me from above like standing under a waterfall you can say, and this is what I said, essentially, drench me with life, Lord, and He absolutely will. The baptism of salvation, you know, we're all familiar with. We go down into the water, we come up and out of it. But the baptism of God's Spirit is when the life of God is poured over us. It comes down from heaven, and we are anointed for the work that He has for us to do in partnership with Him. When you came to the Lord, His Spirit came to live inside you. Your spirit is alive now. The Scripture says, He who unites himself with the Lord is one spirit with Him. 1 Corinthians 6:17. But we need power beyond this, and the Lord knew we would. He knows what our world is coming to. He told His disciples to wait for the more. They did, and the baptism of fire was given on the day of Pentecost. What I'm telling you today is that there is room in our lives for both, for both spiritual nurturing and the baptism in the Spirit of God. Jesus told the disciples to wait for this second baptism. They were already baptized in salvation in Jesus Christ. Need to take a quick sip of coffee there. Their spirits, like ours, were alive in Christ, but they, like us, needed power to minister in a world filled with corrupt desires. You may be saved, and His Spirit is in you, but is His power upon you? You know, God will never violate your will. He will never never violate my will. He will never, God never violates our will. So, I believe He's using me this week to invite you to be baptized a second time. He's inviting you, okay? Not because you need this to have eternal life, but you need this power to walk through the days to come. Let me unpack this subject of the human spirit and Holy Spirit just a little bit more, and specifically human spirit And how does it fit in with respect to Holy Spirit? And of course, the Holy Spirit baptism is what we just talked about. So the question I'll I'll say, I'll put forth first is, where does the human spirit fit in with respect to the Holy Spirit? Here's my answer. Please consider it. I submit it to you for your consideration. Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. The human spirit is our innermost being, made by God to witness primarily to truth. Holy Spirit is all light. Human spirit carries a portion of God's light. Holy Spirit is the redemptive power of God. The human spirit is made to partner with Holy Spirit to release God's redeeming power into every area of our lives. I'm a little late drinking all my coffee today. I know it's right at 12 o'clock actually where I am, and that's when I'm supposed to have my cutoff, but I'm a little behind the curve, and I just am trying to drink this last cup of coffee this morning. That would be my soul and body right there, folks. Okay, so here, listen to this with your spirit. The power the human spirit brings to the table is the ability to partner with God to redeem life for His glory got one more question to put forth. Is nurturing the Spirit the same as the baptism in the Holy Spirit? No. Holy Spirit baptism is God's gracious gift for the believer. God decides when He'll give it to empower believers for service, to witness, for spiritual warfare, and for boldness in their testimonies. Listen again with your spirit to the Word of God for you. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Nurturing your spirit is what happens when you bless and instruct your spirit in the identity and purpose you've been given by God. Possible benefits of this ministry to your spirit include receiving a greater sense of God's love and forgiveness, bringing the best out of you, the best out of your soul, healing and rejuvenation of your body, and knowing your call from God. I kind of blended those together kind of fast. The healing and rejuvenation, of course, is huge, and we have seen in ministry how the blessing, the the the, the regular blessing, the consistent blessing of a person's spirit brings a vitality to them. Uh, It is the Zoe of God, the power of God, the life of God, because God is spirit and spirit is life. Um, The spirit gives life, right? The flesh counts for nothing. And then truly the most powerful benefit that you can get as a result of blessing your spirit and receiving instruction about, about your spirit, how you're made, what you've been anointed and authorized by God to do is it points you directly to your call. Go back and listen to earlier episodes, the ones that were entitled Opening the Gift. In those uh, teachings, I'm talking to you about your specific, your particular DNA in God, your identity, which, is, which does fall along seven dimensions. If you go to Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8, you'll see the seven "Quote unquote," redemptive gifts. Each one reflects an ad- an identity in God. But of course, we're all unique. We're all originals. And so, even if you and I score high on this uh, questionnaire that we have that pulls out your redemptive identity, your redemptive or spiritual identity, um, you know, we're all we're different. We're different ages and backgrounds, et cetera, et cetera. And so, um, each one of us. Manifests God's power very differently, right? We do have commonalities, right? And um, I do hope you'll go back and listen to that stuff. It really will help you to understand who you are and who God made you to be. Ephesians 2.10, listen with your spirit to God's word for you. You are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. Another little sip of coffee there as i was preparing this for my class this week i felt a boldness come on me i felt like holy spirit said to me it's okay why don't you write out the stages in your own spiritual development your own spiritual understanding as my child right and so i did (laughs) i did I, i wrote out eight real sort of seasons in my life that were spiritual seasons and God, in His graciousness and in His just kindness, gave me the scriptures, you know, the Word of God, that absolutely supported these quote unquote stages in my own spiritual journey. You know, what I just can't uh, give God enough credit for is making sense of my life. I mean, for so many years, I did not understand why I had experienced so many things that I did experience in my life. So I am a late bloomer, as I said earlier today <laughs> in this broadcast. Um, I was 47 years old before I had even an inkling that I, my innermost being was different from my soul, that my spirit was where my true identity uh, rested, and that I had been walking in a lot of shame and didn't know it. And as I began to receive blessing to my spirit, particularly that blessing that you've heard me Um, speak before, it is called the blessing of identity and legitimacy. Uh, It comes straight out of Scripture, Psalm 139. And when I received that blessing of identity and legitimacy to my spirit, the very first time being October 2007, I was alone at home, I received the blessing, and I just burst into tears because I had been walking with a deep sense of shame in my innermost being, in my spirit. Shame is the opposite of legitimacy. Legitimacy is a function of your spirit. So I hope as I read this next little part of today's uh, lesson to you that you will receive uh, deliverance. I would like to just speak deliverance in Jesus' name over you, a deliverance from shame, as you too uh, recognize and even identify with this progression of um, spiritual awareness and revelation in your own life okay i call this the spirit's journey and just a quick reminder god's word leads our spirit from death to life and life in god's kingdom always comes with power so your spiritual journey it may look like this stage one your spirit is known And set apart by God before you are born. Listen with your spirit to the word of God for you that supports that. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5 Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Stage 2 Your spirit receives God's love as Holy Spirit woos you to truth. Now, I began to feel the love of God when a couple of different counselors in my life reflected spiritual feelings to me. Sometimes you have feelings that are very, very deep. They are spiritual feelings, they rest in your spirit, not your soul. And one of those feelings that I struggled with for many years was the feeling of anguish. And when the word anguish and even the uh, statement, uh, your spirit was almost crushed, was made to me, I immediately received it in my spirit because it was the truth, and everyone's spirit is made by God to receive truth. That's right, your spirit is made to receive truth, God's Word, and truth that comes from other sources as well. And so God began wooing me to truth, and I began to receive His love ever so slightly, just little baby step by baby step, Stage two, again, I'll repeat. Your spirit, remember? Do you remember this? Do you recognize it in your life? Your spirit receives God's love as Holy Spirit woos you to the truth. The Word of God that supports this is from the Song of Solomon or Song of Songs, chapter 2, verse 10. Listen with your spirit to God's Word for for you straight to your heart. My beloved spoke and said to me, Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. So, can I just take a little bit of a, a, you know, a risk here with you and say that my spirit, on some level, my soul was very much rejecting God. I was angry with God and, and didn't like Christians at all. But my spirit was crying out for God, crying out for love and I know that He was showing me that He still loved me very much, even though I had not accepted Him and I was struggling. Stage three, your spirit receives Holy Spirit's conviction. Conviction of truth. That's a little different. You know, first you are wooed to the truth. You're not necessarily convicted. I wasn't initially. Then there, you know, you begin, I don't know, I feel like this is definitely a spiritual dynamic. It's very, very deep. I'm not sure I even have words for it on this on this broadcast today, but but you know, there is a deep sense of 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 what of, the, of truth and of true love, and that someone <laughs> can see you. Someone is someone sees you, and you feel very very loved. That's the first thing. But then there is a conviction, because then it's almost like a pain, you know, a lover's pain, because you realize that. Your life's out of whack, right? Your spirit begins to receive Holy Spirit's conviction of truth. That, that for me, this was like the third stage. John eight thirty two is the scripture that really parallels that. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In the beginning, I think it's not a freedom; it's more of a ooh, but then a freedom comes. Uh, the next stage is stage four. Your spirit receives eternal life in Jesus' name. And the scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So you receive life. You receive life. This next stage, five, your spirit receives Holy Spirit's call to go deeper in God. Now, depending on the way you're designed, you may or may not have had that experience. But I do believe we are all we are all made to go deep. And you know that the measure of that is between us and the Lord. And it is very much, I think, dependent on the way He's made us. For me, I began to cry out for more. It was about, again, let's see, what did I tell you? I, it was, yes, seven years before I received the second baptism, and then it was two more years before I received the blessing of identity and legitimacy which began to really uh, just eradicate some significant shame that I'd walked uh, in, uh, in my life that w- was resting there in my spirit. So I want to go deeper. I, I know I'm saved, but I, there's got to be more was my mindset, and so I found the scripture I can remember years ago finding this scripture and hoping it meant what I thought it meant. <laughs> Psalm 42 7, listen with your spirit to the word of God for you deep calls unto deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. You know, many people tell me, and I've heard this said even before, that in the shower with the, with the, with the roar of water, you know, kind of cascading down over our heads, we can close our eyes and we can feel such a closeness to God, such a strength of His presence. Such a—it's His manifest presence right there in the shower. Would we admit that? And it activates our spirits because we are going to a deep place. There is a roar uh, that our our spirits cry out for. We we cry out for the powerful surf of God. Um, If you've ever been scuba diving, I did that for a very short season in my life. After I met my husband, I did a couple of dives, and I can remember the powerful experience of being underwater with the apparatus on and the silence of it and the power of that silence. That, too, was an experience I had before I knew the Lord. But I think, similarly, our spirits long for the depth that we have been made to have, in relationship with God. Stage six, your spirit receives power when Holy Spirit comes on you. And this is the second baptism that I spoke of earlier. Again, I'll share with you, listen with your spirit. Acts chapter one, verse eight, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And finally, stage seven, Your spirit receives identity. My spirit received identity and legitimacy to partner with God. Of course, that's a process. It didn't just happen one day in 2007. It began then, and as I committed to the process and applied some fierce intentionality to nurturing my spirit, I began to see tremendous change in my experience with God, my relationship with Him, uh, my faith, And just so many things. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Gone a little bit longer today than I really had planned to, but I do hope this has been edifying to you. I hope that you'll even play it again. Listen to it. Think about your own walk. Think about your own journey. Um, and is the Lord drawing you? Are you hearing Him whisper an invitation to you for a second baptism? Nurturing the Spirit brings uh, a strength to your spirit that is unlike any other. But there is no way that I could uh, say to you that it is a replacement for the baptism of fire, the second baptism, when you accept God's invitation. Well, really, when you accept Jesus's invitation he wants to baptize you in his spirit for power for the ministry that he has called you to do and let's face it folks for many of us that's the ministry to our very own family our loved ones we love them we see them drifting into stupid cultural uh, things that are going on and we want them um, we want them locked down into the kingdom we want them to be protected we want them to be um, you know uh, Connected, protected and connected to God. I hope you've enjoyed this today. I'm so glad to be back um, sharing with you. And I hope, again, that you will just, uh, you know, keep in touch with me. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Go to Facebook. Redeeming.life is my group. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, Dorinda Trick. Um, and if you're in this area, please don't hesitate to come uh, check out our classes. They're every Tuesday nights, on Tuesday nights rather, 6 to seven thirty 30 at uh, 6110 Watermelon Road in the Link Building. It's a ministry building here in Northport, Alabama. So take care now and talk to you next time. Bye-bye.